You're listening to the Vermont Conversation. We're speaking in this half hour with House Speaker Mitzi Johnson. If you want to join this conversation, you can call us at 802-244-1777. Um, as I mentioned at the top there, uh, there's now been agreement on COVID relief funds that the legislature has approved of nearly a billion uh, dollars. What are some of the highlights of that that will actually affect everyday Vermonters' lives that they need to know about? Um, that's a that's a terrific question. We have there are um, you know when when you when you allocate a billion, it's actually over a billion dollars um, that has been allocated. Um, those bills have been delivered to the governor. They're awaiting his signature and um, and awaiting the agencies, um, his, his various agencies, to establish um, some of the application programs or or deliver that money out into communities. So, um, for individuals, there's everything from assistance on utility arrearages uh, to rental arrearages to hazard pay for some frontline workers. Um, you know, to uh, to to opportunities for people to um, uh, apply for grants for business supports um, for healthcare institutions to to apply for some of the 275 million dollars for supporting healthcare. I think there's a total of over 150 million dollars for various business supports um there's 36 or so million dollars for uh agricultural and forestry businesses um and and all i think most of this most of these things it is uh probably most beneficial to go on to the uh agency of commerce and community development website the Agency of Agriculture website, and the Tax Department website. Between those three things, uh, you will be able to kind of find um, which programs make the most sense uh, for your support um, for for whatever your specific situation is. I think that's one of the things we learned in this is that for Vermonters, there's not a one-size-fits-all. Vermonters um, have businesses and jobs in so many different forms, uh, that and so many different sizes that we really tried to make sure that there were there were grants for micro businesses that were a, a one or two person shop that were looking to kind of get established and grow um, an agricultural business looking to transition into a new form of agriculture or expand their operation and grow our rural economy to some of our core downtown businesses that that have been shut down for a few months that just need a grant to pay bills uh, and keep themselves afloat. All of this money, too, is on top of the, um, I want to say close to a billion dollars in PPP loans that came, no, it's not that much. Um, I'll have to get back to you on the exact number, but, but Vermont had one of the highest rates of, um, of, PPP loans granted from the federal government, um, and so these are the Paycheck so Protection Program. And yes, yes. Um, thank you. Uh, so, so we're 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 trying to make sure that money is flowing in 
uh, in as many directions as possible to be able to um, fit all the different types of businesses and needs out there in the community. And uh, and I know we didn't get it all right in a very short period of time that we were trying to do this, but that's part of the reason that we still have a little money left over so that in August um, we can see which of these loans were we're well oversubscribed, uh, where we need to put more money, and which businesses um, didn't quite fit in any of these programs and are still really struggling so that we can figure out how to best support them. I know that one of the things uh, that is going to come up in the August session are some gaping holes uh, in the revenue picture in Vermont. What are you anticipating now, at this point, we're looking at about $100 million or so, 109 I think, at last count, um, in the education fund and a little over $200 million in the general fund um, and, uh, and some in the transportation as well. And so we're, we passed, uh, just to get us started, because the fiscal year starts today, uh, so we passed a first quarter budget, so a, a budget that sort of gets us through um, between now and September 30th, and then when we're back in August, uh, we will have updated numbers. Those are due around August 15th based on how tax returns uh, came in, uh, based on how much we've been able to reopen, based on how many people are still out of work, and and based on if the federal government um, passes another support package, which, uh, as many people know, the House has, <clears throat> the, the House on the federal level, Congress has done, but the U.S. Senate has not. Um, so we are, you know, we're looking at a, a very difficult budget, and I just want to make sure that uh, we're not, we're not cutting the legs out from under people just as, just as the economy is beginning to, um, Kind of stabilize in in our in our new normal. Uh, it'll be a while before we're we're fully back to normal, given the spread of um, the spread of COVID nationwide and the and the disastrous handling of that at the federal level. Uh, that's going to affect Vermont and the rest of the nation for a long time. So, um, I think we are we're looking at a very difficult budget in front of us, but looking to looking to 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 see what resources we can pull together to, um, you know, to make sure that we we can help Vermont move forward uh, on a strong economic path. And um, and where the education fund is concerned, the legislation that we passed that was, I believe, signed into law a day or two ago, um, makes sure that Vermont property taxpayers will not be responsible for the hole in the education fund left by COVID. So the the property tax bill that we passed this year is reflective of the budgets that the communities um, have voted that accounts for that spending that communities have chosen. Um, but but we want to make sure that property taxpayers are not on the hook for the $100 million or so um, that, that, is, that is still the gap in the education fund. We have a caller on the line. Pat is calling from Burlington. Uh, Pat, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. Uh, thank, thank you very much. Um, my question relates to this. Um, we know we're living in a world in which there are 
all kinds of viruses out there which could, you know, emerge at any time in the future. So um, thinking proactively, I was wondering if using maybe some of the federal money, um, Vermont could develop some kind of a program to encourage development of air, better air circulation systems in office buildings to start with, maybe homes. But um, from what I have been reading and heard, the air filtration systems that suck air directly up overhead into the ceiling are much more um, uh, better for the health than what we currently use. And it might be an area where research uh, and encouragement um, could work. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that? I think that's a that's an interesting idea, Pat. I can certainly um, pass that along to uh, you know to, to some of the appropriate committees and, and see if there's potentially um, research in you know various building science programs in our higher ed in higher ed institutions. Uh, our, our some of the use of our CRS money does include improved um, heating, ventilation, air conditioning systems, the HVAC systems. Um, basically the air quality systems that you're talking about in our schools, um, because that is a, obviously a key piece of, of this, um, not only for the education of our children, but also um, also to, to create some sort of normalcy and, uh, uh, and, and allow parents just to be able to, to work. Um, so we have some money um, set aside that schools can apply for to improve the school HVAC systems. And, uh, and I think, I think some sort of, um, you know, research and development could be, could be interesting. You know, that is the implementation of that is, is a ways down the road. Uh, and so, um, so I'm not sure that some of the federal money can be used for that because there are very strict restrictions on the federal money that it has to be used by December and it has to result in, uh, actual implementation. We can't use it for just general long-term um, planning, and uh, there are some very strict guidelines about it. But it is, um, but it's a, it's an interesting idea to think about to make sure that we're prepared for the future. Um, speaking of the future, uh, Speaker Johnson, um, do you fear a second wave of COVID, and and what do you what do you expect for, uh, will be happening? for Vermonters, uh, so many things, returning to school, uh, returning to, bi- to businesses, you know, as it ramps up to, I don't know if they'll get to, you know, fully operational or half capacity, but um, what do you see when you look down the road right now? Uh, boy, you know, I haven't had time to go pick up my crystal ball at the shop, David. <laughs> um, the, 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 I think everybody is um, is just making sure that we are thinking about and preparing for a second surge of some kind. Uh, we're certainly seeing it nationally, um, and uh, and I think I think there's been there's been a real a real tension in Vermont um, between keeping ourselves safe and um, you know and, and and trying to open up to, to, to return to some sort of normalcy. Um, but, but I think, 
honestly, this is one place that I think the governor gets it right and is where he is looking carefully at the health data and saying, how many cases do we have? Where are we seeing the spikes in cases? And do the number of cases that we're seeing warrant um, holding steady or a further uh, a further opening? We haven't seen uh, we haven't seen kind of returning to a stronger uh, lockdown. You know, there are some states that started reopening and are now like they started reopening before the numbers indicated that they should. Uh, and now they are seeing the, the, the unfortunate effects of that um, in their in their ICUs and in the number of cases that they have. And and they're now pulling back from that reopening. Uh, again, this is where uh, a little a little more national coordination um, would have helped the whole country move past this quickly. Um, so I think we just have to we just have to be prepared that it may come. And boy, oh boy, it would help if all of us chipped in and just followed some of the very basic guidelines: um, wear a mask, wash your hands, and uh, and limit contacts with large groups of people. What is your assessment of the governor's handling of the coronavirus crisis? And is there anything? you wish uh, were being done differently? I think the governor's actually done a very good job in, uh, in making, making his decisions on an evidence and science basis, keeping the commissioner of health uh, close at hand to advise on, um, on what steps we need to take when, um, and and trying to trying to get word out to Vermonters, um, you know, as, as readily and quickly and accessibly as possible. And the you know, honestly, the only two places where I might have done something different uh, are in just making a statewide policy on masks. Um, you know, it's uh, it's that is a um, that's a a, a very evidence-based um, step that Vermont could take. It it is very clearly shown that just wearing a simple mask um, really slows down transmission, and and it prevents this patchwork of of solutions across our towns and businesses. And so it would just be easier if we were all just living by, you know, a, the same set of expectations. I think that's one place. Um, it also helps as we reopen so that so that if people from some of these allowable counties are coming to Vermont or people are using their second homes in Vermont um, and hopefully spending money in Vermont, that they are all they also know what the clear uh, signal is from the you know, from the from the top um, and knowing that there is an expectation that we all need to live up to to protect each other, and that's the only way we get through this. The other place that uh, I think probably could have gone um, a whole lot better is in is in unemployment insurance, and uh, that just that that there was no way to fully prepare. Um, for three times the amount of cases that we had la- all last year to, to all land in the Department of Labor's lap in a week. Um, but but 
uh, in some of those phone calls that the pro tem and I had with the governor and in some of the public uh, joint rules calls that we had as early as you know March 15th through 18th in that week there, um, we were saying you're about to get an onslaught. You need uh, you need more people. You need to just even take people from other places in state government that are used to answering the phone and providing customer service and just get them on the phones for the Department of Labor so people just know what to expect. We know that there are complicated rules. We know that there are um, financial consequences if we do it wrong. But people just need to be able to talk to another human and uh, and have sort of a predictable um, All right, we're gonna process. We're going to have to leave it there because we're going to have to take a break for the news. House Speaker Mitzi Johnson, sure. I want to thank you for joining us on the Vermont Conversation. Thank you, David. Nice to talk to you.